0: Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport hug Podcast. I'm your host DD, and joining me today once again is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode, we'll be previewing the last two races of the F1 2021 Championship. So, let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready your opinions and dive right into the conversation. Hello Vedant, it's finally that time of the year and you know, uh, there's a different uh, excitement uh, for the last two races this year compared to all of the other years uh, yeah. since 2014 absolutely uh, and i just can't wait and i'm i'm but i'm already like you know seeing seeing ahead of it and feeling sad that there won't be any uh formula 1 for 3 months between when when this thing ends and you know when we go pre-season testing in march but you know uh, let's let's enjoy what we have to come for the next couple of weeks and make the most of it um, the number one question i think that everyone has uh going into this next weekend vedant is will the Jeddah street circuit be complete? There hasn't been any news from anywhere. Uh, Maybe there's something on Twitter that I haven't come across. But uh, nothing, nothing in the headlines, uh, you know. Uh, It seems that we're still going racing. But who knows what's going on. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, once uh, at least a journalist land in Jeddah, you know, uh, once the F1 TV crew lands in Jeddah, we'll we'll see some more pictures on Twitter from them. But uh, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, uh, Jeddah being a... being the fastest street circuit on the calendar, safety is a paramount issue going into this race.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we haven't seen a lot of news about it not being completed. And you know, uh, the, the prospect, like we, we saw it, but in the recent two weeks, there hasn't been any news. So all signs point to the direction that it will get completed in time. I think even FIA and Michael Massey did put out a statement that said that it will get completed in time. So that is good news. But yes, absolutely. The the fastest street circuit with a lot of a lot of fast corners and if and it's too narrow, you know, there are there is not a lot of runoff area. So
0: safety it, it, is, it's like Baku basically, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's practically no runoff.
1: And yeah, safety is definitely the most important thing especially in 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 jera so hopefully we'll i mean the fia will obviously conduct a few more inspections before thursday most likely so yeah we'll we'll have a clearer picture on thursday
0: yeah, let's see. And I'm pretty sure, you know, once we once we record this podcast, there'll be mul- much more news coming yeah. out uh, as soon as we stop recording, as, <laughs> as it always happens. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now obviously going into this weekend, uh, Verstappen has an unlikely uh, mathematical chance to steal the title in Saudi. And that is if uh, there's obviously a couple scenarios. The first scenario is where, you know, he finish first, finishes first with the fastest lap point and Hamilton finishes uh, lower than fifth. And the second scenario is where Verstappen finishes first without the fastest lap and uh, Oh, sorry, ha- Hamilton finishes below six in the first scenario. And uh, the next scenario is where Hamilton. Uh, God, I'm getting this confused. But yeah, you know, mathematically, Verstappen is in with this weekend if he finishes first yeah. and like, Hamilton's not in the top five.
1: He has to finish first or second, and Hamilton has to finish below fifth, uh, something I think below sixth yeah. or ninth. Yeah. And if, if, if Verstappen yeah, finishes yeah. third, then it will go to Saudi. So
0: absolutely, uh, yeah. uh, Uh, If Verstappen measures third, then it definitely go to Abu Dhabi. Yes, that is true. Um, But very unlikely, you know, given Hamilton's uh, spicy engine, as Toto Wolf put it, will be (laughs) in the car. uh, You know, in Saudi and Abu Dhabi, it is unlikely that uh, you know Verstappen and Red Bull will come out on top, given their uh, you know rear wing and setup issues that they have. You know, Red Bull was still struggling with their DRS actuator uh, out in uh, Qatar. So it's unlikely, you know, the, uh, I mean, obviously they would have sorted out the issue the last two weeks, but it's unlikely they can get on top, especially given it's a new track, uh, you know, this this weekend in uh, Saudi. But uh, the question is, uh, you know, people have been talking about, uh, you know, Hamilton's going to be the fastest driver out there and whatnot. And, you know, the engine has been prepared, specially for this uh, title, uh, title battle, but... Um, I'm, I'm still skeptical, you know, they're pushing the engine, but, uh, you know, we've seen Mercedes engines struggle a lot uh, after a couple of races and have a lot of reliability issues. We saw Valtteri Bottas, recently we saw, you know, um, Daniel Ricciardo, even Landon Norris had to retire, multiple retirements from Mercedes engine cars. So I won't be surprised uh, if Hamilton has an engine problem again at some point during the weekend.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. And I mean, even if he does not have an engine problem, but, you know, the slightest of issues with the engine if they need to tone it down or, you know, uh, lift and coast or whatever things they might might have to do to mitigate the issues. It... I mean, at the end of the day, Lewis Hamilton needs two wins sure and sure to win that championship. And Max Verstappen needs only one wick vict- because their points difference is now around eight points. So, yeah, it comes down to that, right? So, th- I mean... Winning two uh, two wins is much difficult than one victory, right? So yeah, Absolutely. it's going but to be you very difficult. Given given how Lewis has come
0: back from Brazil, um, and and given that you know Mercedes are in a better position um, pace wise, um, uh, I think I think Lewis is the is the title favorite at this yeah. at this point yeah, that's in the championship. True. That's true. Regardless of who I want to, win, you know, I, I feel Lewis is the title. <laughs> oh, you have to tell this me this weekend, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get the, get to that at the end. Uh, but you know, I I think I think we're all we're also taking bets on whether or not Toto and Hana Christian Horner will. Uh, will fight again this weekend. When I say fight, I mean, you know, uh, are we at a point where one of them uh, is going to throw their hands at each other <laughs> or, you know, at someone else? Um, Christian Honor is pre- is much closer than Toto Wolf. I feel. Yeah, that, definitely. But, you know, uh, we might see Toto Wolf breaking a table or two uh, finally <laughs> this weekend. You know, send that karate chop through instead of just uh, slapping the table. Yeah. I mean... Uh, the,
1: but yeah... Th- e- sorry, go yeah,
0: ahead. Yeah,
1: I was just saying that, you know, their... their battle their rivalry has been more of an entertaining more of a factor this season than maybe Max and Lewis is right. Because they have fought I, I don't they have fought pretty harsh at places and like it's it's not very nice to see Yeah, that's what I was
0: gonna say. I was gonna say it's not it's not very entertaining in my opinion, but it's definitely more intense than the than the Lewis uh, (laughs) Max (laughs) (laughs) rivalry that is going on for some reason. But yeah, even uh, but even down the order, you know, things are heating up very very much. And while Verstappen or Mercedes, uh, you know, may not be able to seal the championship because Mercedes mathematically can seal the championship, constructors championship in uh, Saudi if they outscore Red Bull by forty points, which is probably not gonna happen. Uh, but, you know, Ferrari need to outscore McLaren by only 5 points to secure 3rd place in the Constructors' Championship. I think that might just happen this weekend uh, if Ferrari can stay on top of their tire struggles.
1: Yeah, that, that can actually happen. I mean, if both Ferraris finish ahead of both McLarens, they will get those 5 extra points.
0: Regardless, right? absolutely. But you know, we we need to remember the fact that after, especially after the performance that we saw in uh, in Qatar from Alpine and uh, Aston Martin, given that this is a fast-paced circuit, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if both those teams, who showed pretty good pace, you know, uh, in in what was a pretty fast-paced circuit in in Qatar, uh, that they might also challenge for those you know best of the rest points uh, and make it harder for Ferrari and McLaren in uh, in Saudi and maybe also in Abu Dhabi. But uh, you know. Not just the constructors, even Lando, Charles and Carlos are separated by only 8.5 points for fifth place in the Drivers' Championship. How exciting is that? But I remember also, it, it's also kind of sad because I remember there was a point in the Championship where we were talking about Lando might just get third <laughs> in the Championship after his, you know, yeah, insane start to the season. But, you know, now he's f- fighting for fifth and, you know, looks like, looks like an underdog for fifth, in fact, um, you know, given the fact that the Ferraris are on song right now.
1: Yeah, I think Lando Norris has scored less than half of the points he scored in the first season uh in the first half than in the second half so it's it's a pretty difficult time for mclaren but uh daniel ricardo on the other hand has you know started to get up to speed and match lando norris in you know in in that intra-team battle so it's not all bad but yeah
0: that fight... Yeah, Daniel Daniel. Daniel had a weird issue in Qatar, too. He had some, like, fuel sensor issue or something, so he had to, like, lift and coast, which is why he was so off the pace. And uh, we didn't learn about that until, like, a couple days later.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, regardless, this fight for P5, again, uh, Charlotte, like, Landonor is separated by just one point. This is going to be epic because the points they are fighting for, the, po- the positions they are fighting for are separated by two points. Like, you know uh eight points and 10 points and things like that so it's going to be very interesting in these two races
0: absolutely um but alpha tori you know obviously they had a disappointing weekend in qatar uh and are lacking race pace compared to like i said uh, earlier alpine in the fight for six in the constructors championship but obviously you know fifth. fernando alonso's podium fifth, fifth and sorry uh, yeah, fifth in the championship obviously fernando alonso's podium and you know as the fifth place in qatar Put, uh, Alpine 25 points ahead of Alfa Tauri but um, I would say on pace Alfa Tauri still look favorite but we have discussed this you know earlier that operationally Alfa Tauri are not the best team out there and um, they, they usually have a tough time putting a weekend together absolutely and
1: I mean it's a new circuit you know like no team has any data on this circuit as of yet apart from whatever simulations they might have done so the experience and the ability to learn this track is going to be key and that's where i think alpine can shine with you know fernando Alonso's experience and the you know just the experience that alpine the renault team itself the operationally they have
0: yeah um and and although we haven't heard much, you know, because earlier in the year when Davide Brivio joined fr- from Suzuki, when he joined Alpine, there was a lot of noise on how he can yeah. you know, really uh, bring about change. But we haven't really heard from the team of, you know, from within the team as how Davide Brivio has, you know, contributed to that. Obviously, we Alpine hasn't had the best run in the championship so far uh, this year. But, uh, you know, the last race and then they had a one-off in Hungary where Esteban won. So they have had a couple of major highs, but uh, nothing very consistent like Ferrari or McLaren uh, throughout the course of the season.
1: I mean, there was there were rumors, rumors, like a few uh, a month back that Davide might go back to Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. When the MotoGP championship was coming to a close, yeah. that's true. Uh, so. But yeah, uh, and uh, you know, uh, talking about uh, Davide Brivia moving moving places again and again, Aston Martin. Uh, also, robed in Mercedes chief aerodynamicist Eric Blandon, uh, and he will be joining the team towards the end of the 2022 season. And this is only one recruitment amongst, um, you know, yeah, a, a flurry of recruitment, of recruitment that Aston, yeah, and Martin have made uh, over the last year in order to become a, uh, in order to become uh, Stroll seniors championship winning team uh, in over, over the <laughs> over the next few years. But we'll see how, how that goes. Obviously, you know, Eric will be on gardening leave. Uh, you know, at the end of the season, uh, he won't be working in Formula One for almost a year. And then he'll be finally joining Aston Martin at the end of the 2022 season. So we'll only see, I guess, big changes coming into the alphatori management and, you know, workforce uh, towards the 2022 season. And we'll see the effects of the changes that are being made right now the recruitment that are being made in the 2023 season, yeah. really, uh, and not, not in the 2022 season. But yeah. Uh, and let's talk about Jeddah a little bit, you know, just let, let me just outline some facts which I'm pretty sure people already know because the commentators have been talking about it over and over again in every, at every race. So Jeddah obviously, like we said, fastest street circuit of the calendar, second to Spa-Francorchamps on length, uh, only 800 meters shorter at uh, 6.175 kilometers. Uh, this is a circuit with the most turns, although I would not classify <laughs> half of them as turns Absolutely, at yes. 27 turns. The average speed is at 155 miles per hour, uh, you know, obviously simulated, and the top speed is um, uh, set to be 200 miles per hour. Uh, The hairpin in Jeddah is banked at 12 degrees, which is three degrees more uh, than the bankings at at the Indianapolis um, Speedway. And there's 13 kilometers of catch fencing, 3,300 pieces of concrete wall and 3,000 tech pro barriers, um, which will be put in place for safety measures around the circuit. Um, But... But I think the point that sticks out for me regarding the Jetta circuit is that seven F1 teams worked with Tilke who designed the track with overtaking in mind. And this this is straight from, you know, the F1, uh, F1 blog post. I'm, I'm pulling this here. So seven F1 teams worked with Tilke who designed uh, the track with overtaking in mind. The focus was on quality passing rather than DRS assisted overtakes. Now, uh, the field, you know, obviously there's Red Bull and Mercedes and then there's uh, Ferrari, McLaren, and Alpine, Alfa Tore, and so we have like three different you know categories yeah. in F one right now. Yeah. So if if we don't see great racing in Jeddah after after the circuit has specifically been designed for these cars, yeah, you know as for quality overtakes, uh, I don't I don't really know what the F one teams and especially <laughs> especially Tilke has done behind the scenes and clearly uh, whatever circuit design. Methodology that uh, that the industry is using is definitely uh, not working out. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this will be a great test for me at least. You know, this is what I'll be looking out for uh, as 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 a point. And uh, in 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 the same news regarding Jeddah, um, so the Saudi Automobile and Motorcycle Federation, you must have seen, made the largest Lego F1 car built ever with over 500,000 bricks. Uh, But they made it green. uh, uh, In you know in Obviously that was in conjunction with the, you know, F1 hybrid, uh, hybrid marketing campaign that is going on, but even then green, uh, (laughs) not not my cup of tea, (laughs) Not, not my cup of tea. But we should also not forget the changes that have been made to Abu Dhabi Street circu- uh, uh not Street Abu Dhabi Circuit, you know, to improve racing. It's, it is all the street circuit, I guess. But um, obviously, the hairpin is, uh, you know, we don't have four, turns four and five. You just have, uh, you know, a larger radius hairpin, and then there's changes been made to sector three to, you know, improve racing and improve improve the fluidity of the circuit. Yeah. Uh, per se. So it will be interesting to see if that changes uh, anything, uh, you know, regarding the racing around that track. Um, And it was also nice to see uh, Stefano Domenicali say that F1 can have a positive impact regarding the human rights issue in Saudi Arabia. Um, I hope so. Uh, You know, we haven't seen any concrete plans from F1 uh, to tackle these issues or, you know, address them straight away. Unlike, you know, um, the the different thing that we've seen over the last couple of years that V-Race has won and, you know, uh, other gestures at least uh in that that point towards a certain human rights issue that f1 is you know uh, talking about uh, uh increasing awareness about uh but you know obviously Saudi Arabia remains a controversial point but I feel uh, so so, does, so so do other places at f1 whether its remain a controversial point would we still go out there and enjoy our racing you know whether that' be China or uh or any other country you know we're supposed to go to Vietnam um, but yeah
1: Yeah, that's absolutely Uh, true, and I mean uh, Bahrain has you know good racing, and no one complains about it because it has good racing. And but at the end of the day, I mean, and I know this this will get a little political, but uh, like all the sports organizers that have been organizing sports in these countries, defend themselves by saying that we will have a positive impact by hosting these sports. And we we are having that the World Cup in FIFA I mean, World Cup we, in we, we next also, year, right? In Qatar. Yeah,
0: exactly. You have FIFA World Cup next year in Qatar. But we also have to remember, you know, uh, like it was the same same message with the Olympics, right? That it's uh, it's a place where uh, people come together, regardless yeah. of uh, whatever happens, you know, uh, externally. It's like a there's like a bubble for uh, for whatever time period it is because that that's what happened with the Olympics back when this you know back when the modern Olympics started, you know, it, it all went through during the world war one, world war two, uh, that, that was not stopped. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we still had, uh, Hitler attending it and everything, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it just depends on how, how people want to approach it and how F1, uh, addresses the issues that there are. But, uh, the biggest news coming out of this weekend, obviously was, uh, you know, sir Frank Williams, uh, passing away at the age of 79 this past weekend, obviously, uh, very, very uh, disheartening, um, and very shortly after, you know, the Williams family sold uh, the Williams Racing Team to Doralton, uh through the Darlington Capital Company. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if uh, any, we had anyone like uh, Sir Frank Williams in F1. Uh, he, he not only had one, but he had two teams yeah. in F1, uh, and uh, one of them became very, very successful. Obviously, there were ups and downs. Um, but a very very successful f1 career and i think the only person who who would come close as a you know whose success would come close as a privateer compared to sir frank williams would be bruce mclaren but uh you know bruce mclaren was already racing but sir frank williams was a constructor through and through a privateer and um it's just it's just sad
1: yeah and i mean we we were not uh like we did not watch Williams at their peak, right? The when we started watching Formula One, Williams was not having the best times. In twenty fifteen and sixteen they did have uh good seasons. Couple third places. Place yeah. But uh, we did we never saw Williams on the on the peak. But when we look at old races and we when we read stories, the Williams team and the Williams family and how Sir Frank Williams operated that team. And like you know the complete, uh, the complete Frank Williams story, and I th- I tweeted this out and I don't know no one liked the tweet and or anything but this is what I believe that the complete Frank Williams story is what motorsports is all about, you know the per- the absolutely. perseverance, the the success, the glory, the failures, the tragedy, and everything everything that goes with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I couldn't have put it better but um yeah i mean um i mean ev- everyone dreams of you know owning owning an f1 team running an f1 team and uh, so frank williams is one of those uh, people who who, who realize that dream uh, and you know made, you know lived it uh, through, throughout his life so uh, a lot a lot to you know uh, celebrate uh, yeah, but yeah absolutely. that's <laughs> that's absolutely. all from uh from my side regarding uh formula 1 this weekend really excited to go into the last double header last two races of the season and see who comes out on top um without, regarding question who i want to win uh, i'd like to see max is <laughs> happen win too uh, but that's that's not because you know I, I don't like lewis hamilton or anything like that it's just uh, it's just a personal preference and i think um obviously you know uh, lewis and max are in are in a different position lewis is de- defending his um, eighth title uh, you know win almost yeah. whereas Max you know Max is uh, charging for his first uh, title and I think uh, the way they're approaching racing is different I and I really enjoy the way Max is approaching his racing even on the weekends you know he knows that uh, he knows that he doesn't have the best car uh, you know he's having fun out there and uh, it it I I find it really enjoyable the way he has approached this season knowing that it's going to be it's going to be close uh, from the very beginning. Yeah, that's true so, yeah. that's true.
1: And I mean we have seen a completely different Max Verstappen this season. And absolutely. Yeah, that that just you know that just shows it you know a different side of him that can stay calm and you know fight for the championship.
0: Yep. Exactly. Uh but yeah Really excited now. Let's now we shouldn't forget that uh, F1 is not the only championship coming to a close. We have Formula Two uh, going to Saudi and Abu Dhabi for their last two rounds, last six races of the season. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll let Vedan take over from there. But uh, definitely an exciting season this this time around.
1: Well, yeah, Oscar Piastri obviously leads Gohnu Zhou by 36 points, uh, a substantial lead in Formula Two standards, but one that
0: but six races to go. Yeah, that's one. You know one it can, it can, very it can vanish
1: very quickly uh, robert Schwarzman and dan tiktim are close behind and i believe they are the only two uh, realistic you know championship contenders mathematical
0: uh, championship yeah
1: uh, but yeah even you know uh, Jeda circuit is new for everyone even yas marina circuit is new for a lot of drivers because we did not race there in 2020 and like formula 2 drivers you know, shuffle every year so uh, only the drivers who raised in 2019 would know the circuit and that's comparatively low basically but Jehan Daruwala is 7th in the championship sandwiched between both his Red Bull academy teammates Yuri Vips and Liam Lawson and he can actually potentially you know beat both of them and finish 6th or 5th in the championship but beat both of them and be the leading Red Bull academy Driver in Formula 2, basically. That might earn yeah, him that, a that, Formula 1, uh, you know, test, uh, practice session, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, the young driver test is also coming up in Abu yeah. Dhabi uh, after the season finale. So, yeah, if, if he if he definitely, you know, if he comes out on top in the Red Bull Academy, uh, amongst the Red Bull Academy juniors, uh, it'll be a big up for Jehan Daru especially compared to, you know, Liam Lawson, who's had a great year in DTM this year. Uh, and was the was the title favorite if, if like he, you know, he, yeah he was the title
1: favorite yeah <laughs> that is uh, another so yeah, story it'll, it'll
0: definitely be a big up for Jahan uh, for whom it's been a very uh, rollercoaster like season uh, but yeah uh, yeah well do you, you want to talk about yeah, Formula E now yeah we have all okay.
1: like Formula E is also having their pre-season testing going on this week.
0: Antonio Giovinazzi the, the season starts in January, right? Yeah, the
1: season starts in January, okay. January 28th and 29th in Abu Dhabi in sorry, Saudi Arabia. But yep. uh, Antonio Giovinazzi tested for Dragon Racing his new team after Formula 1 and Oliver Askew and Dan Ticktum also tested for their new teams Andretti and Neo. Now we only have you know one day of results right now and I think Burt topped the timings but the both the Mercedes the reigning champions were dead last, so that doesn't that tells us basically nothing, yeah. So
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it depends on you know if if uh, because a lot of teams brought new technology, you know, or upgraded uh, whatever you know motors yeah. and uh, whatever tech they were using uh, last season. So I don't know what what the technology, uh, you know, what the tech upgrade will be this year uh, if the teams are doing that because obviously gen 3 is coming in uh, next season um, yeah the season yeah. after yeah so and which is which is basically 2022 really um you know because the season starts uh, during the latter half of the year but i wanted to take i wanted to take your uh, opinion on uh, antonio giovinazzi uh, joining Formula E and what do you think about that? Because I feel um, Oliver Askew, who's come from like an IndyCar background and Dan Tictum who's a very aggressive racer. I think they'll fit right in. But what about Antonio Giovinazzi? We haven't seen him, you know, put in a lot of overtakes in F1. Uh, We've seen him screw up a lot of times when he's scoring points. So what do you think about Antonio Giovinazzi going to Formula E?
1: Well, I think it's a good prospect basically for for Dragon dragon Racing. At least they get a Formula 1 level driver, right? Basically, so it's interesting. Uh, it will it will get difficult because Formula E is a very very difficult series. If you can't if you cannot get your elbows out, so it will definitely be diffi- difficult for Jovanagi. But I do not think this is his long term uh, his long term you know goal and his long term path yeah. because with Ferrari getting in that uh, LM LMDH. LMDH program. I think he'll jump jump straight right in. And he has done some uh, endurance endurance racing for Ferrari previously in the GTA yep, class. Yep. So that is a perfect match.
0: And we, we also need to remember the fact that there will be overlap with IMSA and WEC for, for a lot of the teams yeah. uh, in, in the coming future. So, you know, the number of races in the endurance championship is going up and up. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is great. Absolutely. And, you know, they can do a complete
1: season of endurance endurance racing. Rather than dividing their time between Formula E, Endurance, DTM all, and all these all these things. So, that is going to be great. And I think he can... Uh, Giovinazzi can do some uh, GT racing for Ferrari this season as well in VEC with the AF Corsa team.
0: So, that's... Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... But yeah... Uh, we, we, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm excited to see Oliver Askew and Dan Ticktum, you know, uh, join join the grid. Dan Ticktum uh, will be a them. very,
1: very interesting prospect in Formula E. That yes. is going to be fireworks. Uh, <laughs> he
0: he, <laughs> he's he's always in the news uh, when he was in junior Formula. So you know, uh, who knows what's going to happen in Formula E? I hope I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't you know cross the line. Yeah. Uh, like we've known him to do a couple times in the past, but um, it'll definitely be great racing though. Uh, considering the the kind of moves he puts in uh, <laughs> <laughs> on anyone and everyone but yeah that's all from our side thank you for listening to us and thank you Vedan for joining me once again uh, previewing this F1 2021 season for the last time next time you hear from us it'll be after uh, the Saudi Arabia GP uh, you know and we'll be excited for Abu Dhabi hopefully uh, with both Max and Lewis on level points yes <laughs> that is what I want <laughs> going into Abu Dhabi uh, but yeah Really excited. Any final thoughts, Vilanth?
1: Well, I just, uh, I mean, yeah, I have one thought. I read an article from The Race which said, that, you know, a fastest lap point can make this championship. You know, can, I didn't read the whole article, but it was about that fastest lap point. That late pit stop and getting that fastest lap point. But, yeah, if that happens, it will, it would be bonkers. And
0: I don't know how that... Uh, yeah, how- but do you, do you think... Yeah, how how will you feel about it? If like, especially if Max or Lewis don't do it, you know, because if Max or Lewis do it, I'm, I'm guessing either Max has almost sealed the championship and is winning, or, uh, you know, he, either of them are really, really far ahead uh, of of the other and, you know, have, have like a 30-second yeah. gap and they can pit and, you know, get the fast slap for, for the win. But if if Sergio and Valtteri do it, how, how would you feel about that? Would, would it, like, taint the championship <laughs> a little bit for you?
1: Yeah, I mean it might it. It I mean, but it, if you think it would go badly with you know, the the thing that is Formula One, the fight that is Formula One,
0: but okay, I was I was about to uh, sorry go ahead.
1: Then again, it is part of the sport, and we have we have yeah. had it for two or three seasons already now. So yeah,
0: and I mean that it it is a part of uh, you know this year's championship, and it has made this year's yeah, championship absolutely. that that much more exciting absolutely. and. Strategically challenging for the teams, Absolutely. you know, uh, the fastest lap point, um, and the, and the way they have gone about it. Now, uh, I was about to close this podcast, but now that we have <laughs> started talking about this, uh, what are the chances you think that Christian Horner will protest uh, Mercedes uh, revving at Abu Dhabi after the race, <laughs> <laughs> or like after qualifying or something? Uh. <laughs> if if they're if they're if they're not the fastest car there. <laughs>
1: Well, if he protests it, if he does it after the race in Abu Dhabi had, you know, after losing the championship, yeah. I will lose all respect. I don't think the FIA will, yeah,
0: yeah I don't think FIA will
1: if I will, if I will, FIA, sorry, FIA will not entertain it. But me personally, I will have, I will lose the last bit of respect I have for him.
0: <laughs> that is the only thing that Christian Honor can do, I think, that will make me want him to lose the championship. I yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that would, be, that would, that, now that would be ugly. Like, literally very ugly. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, now, yeah, that's finally all from our side. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, there's always plenty to talk about and, uh, you know, we'll catch you next week. Hopefully, it's going to be a great weekend. See you.